0: Perhaps you have a loved one who's close to death and you'd like to know what's happening. Are you on the path to fulfill your life's purpose? No matter where you are in the world, take a journey to the other side and ask Julie Ryan. Hi, everybody.
1: We have such a fun show this week for you. We cover a multitude of subjects. My favorite one of all is little Chloe called back in from Montana and her granddad he was in heaven and he wanted her to bring his wife a daisy. Well, come to find out there's a big significance with that. We talk about that. We also do past life scans. We talk to somebody's spirit who's just died in a boating accident within the past week. We talk to another person who has a dad who has just passed and he's giving information to his son who calls in and then lots of healings as well on a on a plethora of different ailments so enjoy the show it's really a fun one and let me know what you think be sure to like subscribe and leave a comment and be sure and share it with your family and friends enjoy Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ask Julie Ryan Show. I'm so delighted you could join us this week. My intention in doing this show is to provide information, insight, and comfort to people all around the world by helping to answer life's unanswerable questions. We got a whole bunch of callers on hold, so we will get to them in just a minute. couple of things. First of all, We're working very hard on the angelic attendant training for Atlanta. We have so many amazing surprises and magical occurrences that are gonna happen on top of the woo-woo. So you wanna be there and it's November 3rd through 5th in Atlanta at the Kempton Hotel, which is adjacent to the Atlanta airport. And also, if you don't want to do the training or can't afford it or whatever, come join us on Friday night because you can do that separately if you're in the Atlanta area or if you can get to Atlanta, if you're not too far from Atlanta, come on and join us and we're going to do a live show and it's going to be a blast too. And then that will be followed by a dessert reception. So we have people coming in from all over the country and even Europe and some from Canada. So I'm really excited. I got lots of hugs for everybody and it will be a life-changing, life-enhancing experience. So... Come join us for that. Also next week on the 19th, on Thursday, the 19th of October, we're going to have a special guest and her name is Amber Romaniak and she is an expert on weight and eating issues and stuff like that. I interviewed her on my show a couple of months ago and she (laughs) claims to have lost and regained a thousand pounds and I said, how in the heck did you do that? And she said, well, you think about it, you know, you lose 40 pounds, you gain 50, you go up and down over a lot of years, and it's possible. So she's going to be on, we're going to be taking callers questions live. So next week, all we're going to take is questions about weight and weight issues and how to break eating addictions. You know, I'm a recovering sugar addict, but sugar sober for four and a half years. Thank you very much. And uh, I still want it, but I just don't eat it. So it's going to be really fun to have Amber on, and you guys are going to want to call in with your eating and your weight issue questions next Thursday, October 19th, 8 p.m. Eastern. So, Chris, let's go ahead and go to the phones and see who our next caller, who our first caller is.
2: Mm-hmm. Hi, Clay. Hey, Julie. How are you?
1: I'm terrific. How are you doing?
2: Oh, I'm surviving.
1: Good. Where are you surviving?
2: Greer, South Carolina.
1: Oh, wonderful. All right. Well, you got a question for me?
2: Yeah. Um. So two weeks ago, my dad went into the hospital. He was very confused and exhausted. They found a tumor in the middle of his brain pressing on the thalamus. And um. <clears throat> so we went, you know, they... They said surgery was risky, um, but they would do it, except for they sent him home with medication. And unfortunately, he passed a week later. So he oh. passed. Yeah. So he passed away last Wednesday. Um, so, oh. like, not yet, but last Wednesday. And I mean, obviously, it's been really hard. Like, I don't even have to say that, but just everything that week with how confused he was and how quickly he went downhill. I mean, it just, he turned so fast and then just all of a sudden in the blink of an eye, it was, he was gone. So Mm. I guess like, I just need to know, like, did I do everything right in the end, but like, just does he have any message for me? Like it it was just so fast. Thankfully I got to take care of him that last week and spend time with him. Um, and so I didn't, you know, I, I was there saying goodbye and, and stuff. So, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I have like loose ends with it, but I just, it all happens so fast.
1: I am so sorry, Clay. Good heavens. And and it's bad when somebody gets diagnosed, it's such a shock, and then when they go that quickly, it's just let's compound it. Oh my goodness. Are you an only child? Do you are you was it just you and your
2: dad? Um for the majority of my life, yes. Um he did remarry I guess about 17 years ago now and um well, about 16. And, um, and he remarried and my stepmother has a daughter. So I have with my dad, I have a stepmom and a stepsister as well, but I'm my dad's only child.
1: hmm Are you still living at home? Will you continue to stay at home with your stepmom and your stepsister?
2: Um, no, none of us live at home. I'm 30, my sister's 32. Um, and we all live on our own now, um, but we all live within ten minutes max of each other.
1: Okay, all right. You do not look thirty. I was gonna guess twenty at the max.
2: Wow, well, you yeah.
3: you're
1: you're drinking from the fountain of youth, buddy. Wow, yep. you look great. You I would never have guessed that. I bet you get carded a lot when you go into restaurants and stuff. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Okay, what's your dad's first name, Clay? John. John. All right. He he already was talking when you first mentioned him. He's right next to you on your right. Spirits have a frequency clay that they keep throughout all their lifetimes. And in order to get in touch with them, all you have to do is think of them. And that, our heads are like big satellite dishes and you just think of them and then that tunes your satellite dish head to their frequency and they come right in. So, ask him, we'll ask him some questions and then he'll get chatty. And when you say something to him, Clay, it's going to, he's going to answer you. It's going to be that first thing in your head as fast as you can snap your finger or before. Sometimes they'll answer, the answer will start coming in before, before we even have the question thought out all the way. And we think, how does that work? Well, it's because time doesn't exist in the spirit world. Time's a human creation. And so they've got our information they've got what we're asking or what we're saying before we can even think it out all the way. So what he was saying was everything unfolded perfectly. He didn't want to go through all those treatments and he didn't want to be a burden to anybody. He's saying all he's seen in people that have gone through cancer treatments, especially brain cancer, is it's just a lot of suffering and he wasn't interested. So I I think that that's pretty easy to understand that that's what he was.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. He wasn't much for risk. Um, and so, you know, when I would get alone with him, I would say like, daddy, are we doing everything you want? Like, is this what you want and stuff? And I've never really felt like I could communicate with spirit, but that week, I really felt my dad's presence even before he passed. And, um, you know, the night that he, or the the night he really went downhill, they put him on a stroke alert when EMS got there, but they weren't certain it was a stroke, basically. His brain hemorrhaged. Um, and so I was taking care of him and stuff. And um, the next day when he passed, I remember him, like, when he was healthy like within like years you know he's always said um when i get to my deathbed and everybody knows it's time to go he would say you know let whoever wants to come say bye say bye and then he would say this exact phrase he would say and then leave me the hell alone so that i can pass peacefully and on my own and so all of a sudden in the hospital it was just the strangest thing i was sitting in there with my stepmom and her sister and all of a sudden I looked at them, I said, Y'all, we gotta go. Daddy's telling me he's ready to go and he doesn't want us here. He's always said he didn't want us here. There was no doubt. And so the hospital called and they said, you know, minutes after we left, he passed. Um, just a few minutes later. And so I hope I got that right. But really I guess like what I'm looking for is just any message from him that's like I don't anything.
1: Yeah, he's saying that um, for me to remind you that everybody controls, we all control when we go, where we go, how we go, who's with us or not, when we go. And critical care, medical personnel, Clay, doctors, nurses, other staff, hospice medical providers, um, gosh, family members, funeral directors, they all have countless stories about how the person who died waited till everybody was out of the room, or waited until somebody in particular got there to say goodbye before they transitioned. So he's saying, he's saying, y'all did it perfectly. He said, y'all, y'all did it perfectly. And he's was he was talking to me as you were mentioning what had happened at the end. He was talking to me about lizards and dinosaurs. Does that mean anything to you?
2: No. Not at all. All right.
1: Okay. Well, maybe you like lizards and dinosaurs as a kid or something. Or when spirit gives us information on stuff, they talk in in uh, images and words and phrases. And sometimes it doesn't make sense to us right at the moment when we get the information. Sometimes it makes sense a little bit later when we have a minute to think about it. And sometimes it has to do with an event that hasn't occurred yet. So just be open doesn't mean that you're going to see a live dinosaur you might it's Halloween coming up you might see somebody in a costume but be open clay to how you're going to see lizards and dinosaurs you may see them in costumes you may see them like lizards in a pet store or something you may see them in a movie on a ad on a piece of jewelry whatever.
2: While it, while I can say like we never had anything with lizards and dinosaurs, I was talking to him earlier today and I was like, what's your sign going to be for me? Some people it's butterflies, some people it's cardinals or, you know, whatever. And so in a weird way, I can make it make sense like what you're saying um, because those are such off the wall things in our life together that it would make sense that he would come in the most random way. Um, and then the last thing I'll say before I let you go is really just a thank you. Um, because the last time I called in, we had the spirit in our house and we were very confused. And you Yeah, you immediately named Martin and said that he was on my mother's side. He was a fifth grade uncle and um and I said, Well, you know, we have ancestry.com and stuff, we'll go check. <laughs> I have a Martin who is a fifth great uncle on my mother's side um, and we have toted Martin around everywhere we go. Now we constantly talk to Martin and he doesn't make as many appearances in the house anymore, excuse me, anymore. Though I will say this last week since daddy died, he, um, he has been around again a little bit more visible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought that was so funny and interesting that like I had to Take that extra second of your time just to say you've literally got the exact name of the exact person of the exact relation on the exact side of the family. Um, and they're just thank you for that. But for anybody who's a skeptic, I can credit that to you. So.
1: Well, y'all, I always say, Clay, you know this. I always say you can't make this stuff up; it's too wild. But, yeah. but the other thing is, wasn't Martin hanging out in your bathroom or someplace in your yeah. house?
2: He was. So my fiance and I split. We have two bathrooms, and we use separate ones because she's a little messy with all of her makeup. And um, and so we um, so she was in her bath or Martin was in her bathroom. And so we were confused as to like, why her, why her bathroom, you know, and, and whatever. And you said that, you know, Martin, while he was one of my spirit guides could often give messages to her essentially either for me to give to me or just for her to understand something about me better. Um, And so we literally have constantly carted Martin around now. We'll be like, Martin, you coming with? And Basically buckle him up in the car because we know Martin's
1: there. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Clay, how far are you from Atlanta?
2: Um maybe yeah. two hours, maybe two and a half. I was hearing about your okay. Friday. Yeah, come down at
1: come down, my treat. You and your fiance, my guest, come down Thanks. and join us, my treat. And okay. um just email Rachel at com, and uh, tell her that I have invited you as my guest and you guys come down and join us. It's going to be a blast.
2: Okay. So just Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L at com. Yep. Okay. Yep. I just-
1: you email her I'll send, her, I'll send her a note, too, to be expecting you. So, yeah, you guys come down. It's going to be a blast, Clay. It's going to be so much fun. You, and, and then we're going to have a reception afterwards. we got a special discount on the rooms if you guys want to spend the night. We're going to have a, you know, a reception that's going to be lovely after the, the Ask Julie Ryan Live. But, you know, how much fun this is on, on Zoom, imagine, in person. We're going to have a ball. So come, come join us and be my guest.
2: You could hear her yell from the back, but she said, thank you from the living room. So yeah, we really appreciate that. We love you. We have called you so many times and we just, we're, we're excited to be there. So we will definitely make it. Okay. See you there. I got a big hug for you. Thank you, Julie.
1: You bet. Thanks for calling. Hello, Miss Hannah. Hi, it's good to see you again. Good to see you too. how you doing?
4: I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Where are you? Fort Smith, Arkansas? Okay,
1: good. What you got for me?
4: So um, a couple of days ago, I injured my back, and I haven't been able to work on the pain at all, so I'm hoping you could give me some insight as to how I can get this fixed and back to normal
1: what did you do what happened
4: um well so I'm a power lifter and so I'm always lifting heavy weights and so I have an issue um probably due to an old injury where my back just gets really compressed and so I'll do like a kind of like a self-release to decompress it. And I think I just did that too much or with too much force. And like ever since then, it was a couple days ago, it's just been really aggravated. I'm sorry. Don't you use kettlebells too? Uh, so for powerlifting, we use uh, barbells.
1: Right. But why? why am I thinking of kettlebells with you? Did we talk about kettlebells
4: uh, before? I don't think so. Okay. All right. Not even to warm up or anything. I mean, sometimes to warm up, but I don't. I don't remember okay. talking about it before.
1: Okay. Well, you know, I am psychic, so maybe I just saw mm-hmm. you in my mind's eye using kettlebells mm-hmm. to warm up. All right. Let me get you on my radar. Here comes my laser beam from Sweet Home Alabama, heading over to you in Arkansas. All right, got you, Suey. Go pigs! Right, the Razorbacks. Oh
4: yeah, big yeah. deal here. Yeah. I
1: know that's that's the Arkansas University of Arkansas football team. For those of you that aren't as into college football as my family and I are, okay, got you. So it looks like the left side is the, the side that is the issue to me. That's where the energy went first, and it looks like you've got some um, compression of your vertebrae. You're you're looking like a twisted sister, my girl. So I'm watching this maneuver where the vertebrae get propped up. And (laughs) I watched this little device get used, Hannah, that looks like a spacer that a tile mason would use when they're laying tile before they put the grout in after the Mm -hmm. tile's all been laid. And so that's a disc is being put back in. That's going to hold those vertebrae in place. And then there's this little netting that gets put from the upper to the lower vertebrae. And it looks like a goldfish net. And that's going to hold the disc in place. So I'm watching that. You were leaning a little bit to the left. Do you have a chiropractor that you see? I do. Mm -hmm. Okay. I would go visit them. Go visit your chiropractor and they'll get you straightened out and then you'll heal from there. In the meantime, what I did, Hannah, was apply some anti-inflammatory energy, which is inflammation looks like red fog on body parts. Anti-inflammatory energy is a royal blue color. So that's what's going on there. And I I hope that helps. Yeah, you were you were kinda like the leaning tower of Hannah
5: to the left.
4: Thank you so much. Hi, Paul.
5: Hey, Julie. I'm from Seattle, just outside of Seattle. Terrific. How are things up there? Oh, it's a sunny day today. It was nice to get a little break from the rain. Oh, good. Well, wonderful. Well, welcome.
1: How may I help you?
5: Well, my mother-in-law has been having a terrible time. Uh, she's in the hospital right now in Marshall, Michigan. Her name's Jan, and she's had trouble with her kidney and now her heart. And she's coming know. up to turning 78 near the end of this year. So just wanted to, to know if there's any information and also if there's any kind of healing you could send her way or relief from the pain or anything. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. Did you say Jan, J-A? J-A-N or Jen, J-E-N?
5: J-A-N, Jan, yeah.
1: Jan, like Janice, okay. Mm -hmm. Exactly, Yep. All right, okay, all right. I'm gonna hook into you first, and then from you, Paul. I'm gonna hook into Jan, your mother-in-law. What a sweetie you are, what a nice guy, calling about Mm -hmm. your mother-in-law. My gosh, that's extraordinary. Here we go, heading out to you in Seattle, got you ricocheted back to Michigan. Okay, coming in, coming in hot, coming in fast. <laughs> I could, I'm, I'm seeing this map of the U.S., and I watch my laser beam go across the states and stuff. It's wow, crazy. That's cool. It's like, it's like if you look in a flight magazine when they used to have them and they'd have their routes that the like the Delta or whoever flies, and it'd, yeah. it'd have these lines, you know, from city to city. So got her shooting energy from her feet up through the top of her head. Jan, I'm talking to Paul. Is it all right if I scan you? She says, Oh, by all means. Okay, good. So I have permission from her. Her spirits in her body. She's not dying at the moment. Oh, that's So great that's to hear. good news. Okay. Yeah, that's good news. She's got um a lot of inflammation going on. And it's interesting, Paul, because she looks like she has bacterial and viral infections going. Does Mm. that make sense? Tell me me what's going on with her. Yeah.
5: Yeah. That makes sense with her kidney especially. Yeah. One of her kidneys. Okay.
1: All right. So bacterial infections, when I see bacterial infections, the energy that's antibiotic energy that gets applied is a fuchsia color. More mm. pink than purple, so I'm watching that be applied, and then on top that's like the first layer of healing and then on top of that is I'm watching viral healing, and that's kind of a kind of a fluorescent uh, lime green color
5: wow that's okay.
1: just it's just how I know what it is and it's the healings are being layered, so her immune system's whacked from all these infections. I can imagine. And sometimes there there are oftentimes secondary infections that can happen, like mm. with pneumonia. It oh. can start out as viral and go into bacterial because mm. all that junk stays in the lungs and somebody's not able to expel it. Yeah. So that's what's, what I'm seeing going on there. A lot of red, a lot of inflammation, a lot of inflammation. Is your wife back there with her?
5: No, no, she's here, but uh, there's a lot of family back there with her. So, sisters and my wife's brother, and yeah, there's big family around her. So,
1: yeah. All right, so God, just red, 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 Mm red. So I'm just, I just keep applying. So imagine the layers. We got the in the antibiotic energy first, then we got the antiviral energy. Now we've got the inflammation energy on top of it. And that's a royal blue color, Paul. Mm,
0: So when you go back
1: and you listen to the show, envision what I'm talking about. And that will, you can can help with the healing too. When I see these healings get layered, it reminds me of a million years ago when I was in school, probably grade school, and they used uh, overhead projectors a lot back in the day yeah so there'd be say there was a transparency of the body, and then they'd lay another transparency maybe of the vascular system on top mm-hmm. of that, and then maybe they'd lay another transparency of the skeletal system on top of that. So it yep. looks like a it looked like a diagram of the body, but it was these different layers of transparencies that we're all laid on top of the first one. And that's what these layered healings look like to me. They're very efficient from a time standpoint. And okay. um and they're and they're very effective. So great. Is she able to communicate? Is she Yeah, she I mean, she, she, she is alert? yeah she's able to
5: communicate. Yep, yeah, she is. And um yeah it's been touch and go a little bit though. So um I'm just happy to hear that mm-hmm. you're able to send some healing and that, yeah. Yeah, but she's Absolutely. pretty angry about it, though, too. She's she's kind of, you know, very angry about the whole thing. So I guess understandably so. But do you see anything about that? I, mean, I know I'm not supposed to ask two questions, but she's being a little angry we... and stubborn and mean. She's,
1: be... <laughs> she's being angry and stubborn and mean to her loved ones or to everybody that, yeah, that comes yeah. up her Yeah, and path. They're the
5: caretakers and just kind of being, you know, obstinate a little bit. <laughs>
1: so, just being yeah. snarky. Yeah. yeah, well, she feels punky, and she doesn't yeah. want to be prodded and poked and all yeah. of that. So, uh, is there something that she wanted to attend that she's not able to do? Like, is there a family event or something mm, not that, that she's aware really of?
5: I mean, to- earlier mm-hmm. this year there was a game night thing that's supposed to happen, and she really wasn't up to it as much as she'd want to be. So, I guess it could be related to that, but it's probably all those things you just said about being poked and prodded and. Just somewhere she doesn't want to be. Yeah.
1: Well, and you know, too, Paul, when you're in the hospital, you don't get any rest because right. they're in there every five minutes, you know, listening True. to your heart or taking your blood or whatever. It's yeah. nuts. And they're doing their job, what they need to do. But boy, nobody gets any rest in the hospital. She's, I'm sure she's exhausted
0: I as imagine, much as yeah. anything
1: and just want, wants them to let her sleep. For, yeah. A while, so yeah. see with the family that's back there. See if they can intervene and ask the medical staff. Is she in the ICU, Paul?
5: No, she's not. She's not in the ICU, but she's uh, she's been there for a few nights now. So and she's gone from hospital to hospital too. So that's probably challenging also. So she's been in, I think, over mm-hmm. the past week or so. She's been in three different hospitals. So that's that's oh, tough wow. too. Why? Well, Why? going from a smaller hospital to a little bit bigger hospital and then ultimately a bigger hospital and then back to a little bit smaller hospital. It's this whole, this whole thing. <laughs> so, oh, you geez. know, rural Michigan, wow. you know, that's, I guess that's how it is.
2: Yeah.
5: We'd be cranky too if we were and in I, that boat. Yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> I know I would. Yeah. No.
1: Oh uh, well, I hope she feels better soon. I think she's gonna re- recover. I'm, I, she she's gonna get better. Okay. She'll recover. I'm I'm not seeing any of the phases of transition. Her spirit's in her body, Great. so this is All just right. a this is a blip on the radar
5: screen. All right. Well, thanks, Julie. Much appreciated. Thanks for everything you do.
1: Thanks for calling. Have you ever heard of Cozy Earth bedding? It's your ultimate luxury escape. Cozy Earth sheets are temperature-regulating and incredibly soft, and they even have a 10-year warranty. They're made from organic bamboo and silk, are hypoallergenic, and even antimicrobial. Cozy Earth sheets are so amazing, they've been on Oprah's favorite things list for five years in a row, and I have them on my bed right now. So, if you're ready to elevate your sleep, Cozy Earth has a special offer just for my listeners. Go to CozyEarth.com and use the code AskJulie for a 35% discount. That's C-O-Z-Y-Earth.com and use code AskJulie for a 35% discount. Upgrade your sleep with Cozy Earth bedding. I love them and so will you. We do this show every Thursday night at 8 Eastern, 7 Central and 5 Pacific. To join, just go to AskJulieRyanShow.com and we'll get you right in and you can ask your question. It's so much fun to see who's calling in and what their questions are and what Spirit has to say as an answer. This information about the show is available on my website, AskJulieRyan.com. It's available anywhere you download podcasts. We're on all the networks. We're also on YouTube. We're on Alexa. We're on what else? Uh, Audible like all those channels, so you can find the information in the show notes. And we post a note every day of the of the show, every Thursday. And we say, hey, it's Thursday. If you got a question, remember to call in. And that's on all my social media. We're on all the social media channels too. Everything's at Ask Julie Ryan. So look there. And then uh, we also send out a, a newsletter that's my blog and that's something that somebody has submitted as a question online because usually they can't call into the show because they're working or they got little kids or something like that. And then I'll choose one each week and answer it. So that's kind of fun too. Let's see what else. You can schedule an appointment with me at com. I'm booked out a little bit, but you know the drill. Get on my calendar. That's the most important thing because when you're on my calendar, you're gonna get a confirmation email and it's gonna have a link in it that'll say reschedule. If you click on that periodically, it will show dates and times that are available and oftentimes you can get in really quickly. So I have people every week that are scheduled out of ways and they get in within a day or two or a week and they're so excited and it works great. So give that a try, too. You know, the training, angelic Attendant Training, Atlanta, come join us. Come join us and Clay and everybody else that's coming in. I have a bunch of graduates that are coming in, too, just because they want to be there. And I'm telling you guys, it's going to be amazing. So just we're going to take people who want to come down to the last minute. Everybody's welcome. Come on. Ryan.com forward slash training and you'll get all the information. Okay, this week, our call comes from Louise and Louise lives in Bothell, Washington. And she says, "'Hi, Julie, I listened to a recent interview "'with you and Alex Ferrari and then bought your book,' "'which I'm 50-ish pages into.'" Easy for me to say. You say the dying, dying person's mother, father, angels, spirit guides of family members, etc., show up and surround the person just prior to their transition. I'm curious why I've never heard this reported from the countless near-death experiencers, also known as NDE, that i've heard over many years on tv shows in books interviews at ians meetings etc ians i think stands for the international association of near death studies and that's uh, an organization that that people who've had near death experiences they they are involved with that a lot of the time and then she closed with thanks for your thoughts louise so here's my response hi louise what a great question It's been my experience that we're all surrounded by angels and the spirits of deceased loved ones and pets as we're at the end of our lives. And that's what I describe in my angelic attendance, what really happens as we transition from this life into the next book. I call this series of events the 12 phases of transition. And it occurs with everyone, regardless of whether a person's death is instant, like in the case of a homicide or suicide, or whether it's prolonged over days, weeks, months, or even years. The 12 phases adds a glorious component to what can often be described as a heart-wrenching experience, losing a loved one. All of us who've been through that, we know it. it's just heart-wrenching to lose somebody that's close to you. I went on to say in his book, Death is But a Dream, Christopher Kerr, MD, PhD, discusses his university-based research in which 90% of patients saw deceased loved ones and pets either in dreams or visions as they were dying, and critical care medical providers, hospice personnel, as well as funeral directors, family members, and others report the same. That's what I was just talking about with Clay earlier. That it's just our deceased loved ones are around us and our pets and all of that. I had a gal today who when I was talking with her, we were we were talking about her mother who's in phase 11 of 12. She's ready to go on to heaven. And this client of mine was hoping that the mom would wait till she could fly in, which I think she will. But anyways, I told her, I said, there are a whole bunch of spirits in the room and one of them is a horse and one of them's a collie and they're front and center in the pet, I call it the dog pound, the pet area. <laughs> and she said, well, the horse's name's Johnny and the dog's name was Boy." I said, well, there you go. That, I'm telling you, we see these animals that people know who they are when we describe them to them. So I digress. Let's go back. So you ask, why don't people experience an NDE see the same configuration as the dying? After all, they too are experiencing a form of death, temporary as it is. Well, perhaps the 12 phases of transition are reserved for those who are actually dying. Perhaps it's just an experience, I have in all caps, of an aspect of death the NDE shows the person. And perhaps the NDE is simply intended to broaden a person's understanding of the afterlife and spirit world and enhance the rest of their human lives. I believe my explanations are all certainly v- feasible we're going to know for sure when we get to heaven right and that's how i closed guess we'll know for sure once we get to heaven so that's what i what i believe is that the near death experience is kind of like um going on a roller coaster ride for the first time well that gives you an experience where you think you might die going up and down those hills but you don't. And when you come off, you have broadened your experiences because you've done it. And then in the future, you can make decisions whether you want to ride another roller coaster or not. So I think it's very different. The near-death experiences and the people, the interesting thing about those is that people have common experiences regardless of culture, education level, socioeconomic level, country, nationality, whatever, religion or non-religion, they have similar experiences. And I believe those are in some ways interestingly connected to the death experience, the dying experience in the vortex thing. A lot of ears report going through a funnel or a vortex. I see that when somebody's dying and at the end of their life but other than that i think it's it's a totally different experience so let me know what you think in the comments about those answers and and also the questions that are right i'd love to hear your thoughts on that hello angie hey how are you i'm terrific how are you doing i'm doing good,
6: good. Um, i'm calling from sunny uh, Phoenix, Arizona, I had to remember where I was.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. Well you got you look like you got the the uh Golden Gate Bridge behind you. So I was gonna ask if you were in San Francisco.
6: Right, I know. Um I just put that as a background for today. So
1: it looks great. I drove over that a couple months ago. It's beautiful. Um,
6: yeah. So my question today um last weekend I had a very good friend of mine passed away suddenly um, in a kind of freak accident. Um, We'd been out boating and they were a couple boats behind us coming out of the lake. And um, he, there was some negligence that went on, but he was on the front of the boat standing on the trailer as it was coming up. And the person driving was going too fast and he ended up falling off and getting run over by his trailer and dying. And, my question really is is to find out if, I mean, my belief, I believe he passed quickly and peacefully, but I know his girlfriend is really struggling, and if there's anything he can say to her to maybe help ease her pain, I wanted to get her on the call today, but I wasn't able to get her here with me, but um, she's really, really struggling because she was in the, in the truck when this happened and it, there's a lot to it, but, um, but it was just very freak tragic. We were with him one minute, the next minute he's gone. And so it just is one of those things. We were all trying as friends, trying to deal with it. And, um, you know, anything that you can share with me, his name is Glenn, um, was a wonderful. So I, I'm hoping that is something that he can share at least with her to comfort her.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry. What's his what's your friend's his fiance It was his wife, his fiance?
6: It was his girlfriend. He was actually, they were just girlfriend. talking about getting married. Her name is Jojo or Johanna.
1: Okay. So JoJo. So he's right next to you on your right. When we talk about him, they all come in. The first thing that I was hearing was uh have her or you can do this for her, go to JulieRyanGift.com. Julie, okay. Julie and just say, Hey, you called into the show and all of that, and we will send her a free copy of Angelic attendance. Okay. So that she can yeah. she can we'll send her the digital and the audio book version okay. so she can listen to it and that will hopefully help comfort her. But awesome. what, what I was talking about earlier with the angels in the, the gal who called front, or who um, sent in the question this week that was chosen, he was surrounded by angels and the spirits of deceased loved ones and the spirits of deceased pets. And it was glorious. And that happens as I mentioned in my answer to her, it happens instantly Like in Glenn's case, it can happen over days, weeks, months. So, hopefully, that will give her some peace too that she knows that he was surrounded by angels and deceased loved ones. So, Glenn, what can you. Okay, he's showing me a white lily. Imagine a lily Mm -hmm. and it's got the stamen in it. Um, Almost looks like an Easter lily, but not that big. Okay, But you'll see them in arrangements. I'm not sure what they're called. Flor- a florist will know mm-hmm. what they're called. It's not the stargazer ones with the pink in them. Right. Um, Right. I know those because I think the smells is terrible. So I always tell them when they're making arrangements, florists, I go, don't put any of those stinky lilies in there. Right. And they laugh because they know what I'm talking about. But this is a pure white lily. I would look up what that means. Okay. There's a significance to that. The Victorians especially had a significance to all the flowers that we know of. And back in the pre-20th century, you know, before the 1900s, they would give certain flowers to mean certain sentiments. Mm -hmm. So white, he's showing me a bouquet of white lilies, like just holding it in his hand a bouquet of white lilies. So he's wanting you to either give those to her or send those to her from him. But look up, he's asking you to look up the significance of that. I'll do that. So that's number one. Glenn, what else do you want Jojo to know? He's around her. She can communicate with him. She just, you've heard me say, just think of him. He comes right in she can say something to him. Is she in touch with his family?
6: No, I don't believe so because they didn't, they, they were kind of estranged. Um, I don't know that they cared for her much, but I know his family is also going through a lot because I've spoken with his mom. So I know, and his he was very, very close with his family, but they had recently Mm -hmm. gone through a breakup and They were getting back together. So I don't know that the family knew that part yet. And so this, you know, it's kind of bad timing.
1: Okay. So he's saying if you can help facilitate her being in touch with the family, I mean, he's talking to you as much as he is to her, um, that that's going to help console all of them. Okay. Yeah. And I was. And, And that, yeah. Do you know his family? I I
6: don't. I've been chatting with his mom um, via text and I spoke with her the night it happened because the officers had asked me to reach out to her. And and so I did speak to her um, and I've been texting with her and, you know, offered any support I can give her. Um, And she did just tell me when the service is going to be. So I'm planning on being there and offered my support there as well. And I was planning on taking Jojo with me just so she had support as well. And hopefully we can facilitate something with his family.
1: So he's saying, get in touch with his mom. He's asking you to get in touch with his mom before the service and let Joe, let her know that he and Jojo had reconciled Mm -hmm. and that they were getting back together and they were talking about getting married and Mm -hmm. that, that he wants, I don't know how you present this to his mom. I don't know if his mom believes in being able to talk to, deceased loved ones, but present to his mom that he wants JoJo to be part of everything, part of the family thing, because he really really loved her is what he's saying. He still loves her. He'll always love her and that that's going to help both all of them heal. Okay. Is if they can be together, he's also asking you to convey to his mom and he's laughing he's going however you see fit, however you want to present that to his mom, give it you know, give his mom one of my books too, which will help okay. uh, one of the angelica attendance books, but he's saying, talk to his mom about welcoming Jojo and being in touch with Jojo because that will be a piece of him Mm -hmm. when he's in touch with her. How sweet is that? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm getting it's more on the mom's side where the resistance is than on Jojo's side.
6: Yeah. And I think that's mainly because of you know, what had transpired previously to them getting back together. And most likely because she loves her son so much that she was being protective of him. You know, there's always mm-hmm. two sides and the parents are always going to side with their child. Right. And so I think that it more has to do with that than her just disliking her as a person. I think she was just protective of her
1: son more than anything. Right. Right. Being a mama bear. So she, so he's talking about that you can help facilitate that. And he appreciates you doing that. And uh, he says, you're going to get extra stars in your crown
7: for helping <laughs> facilitate
1: that. Yeah. But do you have a, do you have a crown already with stars in it?
7: No. He's,
1: he's, no. he's laughing. He's going, of course she does. She absolutely does. He says, he says that it's, it's, waiting for you, whatever, you know, you want to come. He's saying in a yeah. hundred years or so. Yeah. He was a character, wasn't he?
6: Yes. He definitely is a character. hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. I can
1: tell. Yeah. He's got this, you know, smirk, like just mm-hmm. really funny, funny, fun, loving tease, yeah. teasing kind of guy. Like he, yeah. you know, if he really likes you, he's going to tease you.
6: A hundred percent. That's why for everyone, it was so shocking when this happened. It was like, wait, what? So, but my belief and what I've shared with Jojo is that he was ready at that time. It wouldn't have happened if he couldn't have, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yes, everyone was there to help him through. And I know he wouldn't want anyone to be sad because he is good. You know what I mean? So that's what
4: well, I've been sharing he's-
1: He's reminding me to talk about the waves of the ocean, since you have the ocean behind you as your backdrop uh, think of grief as like waves of the ocean, you know yeah. in the ocean, as in all of nature and in in everything we have calm disruption, repair, and mm-hmm. think about waves of the ocean in terms of that's how grief feels. You've got calm and the ocean's calm and then the waves come crashing in and it hurts. It's really strong. You know, if it's high tide and there's a storm coming and you've, you're out there and the waves are crashing and they can knock you over like grief can. And then when you're in the middle of it, just remember that those waves are always going to go back out. The waves Mm -hmm. come crashing in and then they recede and it goes back to being calm. And then what happens? Another wave's going to come in. And that's how grief is. And that eventually you go into low tide and it's not as just prevalent and difficult as it is right now he's saying jojo has a, a wonderful life ahead of her and that she will move on and she will be fine and he really appreciates your tlc extra tlc with her
6: yeah i'll definitely yeah. share the podcast with her in your book and stuff i i think for both him and his mom that will be really important for sure
1: yeah yeah and they can talk to him anytime. Just say something to them. And just teach them that's the first thing that comes into their head as fast as they can snap their fingers, or even before. So you're okay. a sweetie to call in and and get this information for JoJo and for his family.
6: Thank you. Well, i, I care about I care about all of them, so it it's, it was important. Obviously. So thank you so much.
1: You're Appreciate most it. welcome. Okay. Thank you. Hi, Chloe. Hi, Julie. How are you, my girl? I'm good.
3: How are you? I'm great, thanks. How's your grandmother? She's doing great. She's doing good. Uh, My sister's with her right now, so I think oh, that helped. Wonderful. Everybody, Chloe
1: called in. What? Uh, like in the past month, and, a couple weeks ago. And your yeah. grandpa died, and your um, and your grandmother was distraught because they, she had just enrolled him in a care facility, and he died the night that he arrived. Right. Yes. And grandpa said for you to take her a daisy. Do you remember that?
3: Yeah. And I I looked up the significance of the daisy and it was like joyfulness and innocence. And that's definitely his personality. And I think it also said like um, new life, Like, um, like he wanted her to have a new life.
1: Well, I got one even better than that for you, girl, because if you go on my YouTube channel, Ask Julie Ryan, somebody the next morning, like within 10 minutes of us releasing that show, wrote in the comment section and she said, her granddad is talking about the old song, Bring Her a Daisy a Day, Dear. And I looked at it. Oh, yeah, that would make sense, too. And it was (laughs) released in the 1950s. Uh, 50 years ago, it was released, I think, in the 70s. And and I, it was a country song. So it was real twangy, like, I'll bring you a daisy, a day dear But I found a guy who's a, an Irish tenor who sings it. And the story, Chloe, I'm so glad you called back in because I've been so eager to tell you this. The story in the song, look up the song, do a YouTube on it, is okay. that this couple... Is you know is so crazy about each other, and he brings her a daisy a day, and he says, "I'll bring you a daisy a day, dear. I'll bring you a daisy a day." So then the song goes on, and the lyrics talk about the wife has died, and the townspeople see the man walking through the town holding a daisy. He's still bringing her a daisy a day, dear, and he's putting it on her grave. Oh, that's and so sweet. I, and I thought you'll have to ask your grandmother. If she knew that song, and I thought there's a chance that those two sang
3: that song or remember it yeah. from when it was released. Well, that does sound like that. Like I, I feel like I've heard the song before, and it seems like something that they w- would have known for sure. They, they were definitely like my grandma has sung to me my whole childhood. So was my grandpa. So that definitely resonates that it could be a song reference. Yeah. Does she like? Did they like country <laughs> music? Um, I'm not sure. Like, um, they liked just a variety of music, so. Yeah. But a lot of, like, classic older music, for sure.
1: And I saw that Glenn Campbell even sang this song, and he used to have a TV show about that time. So I'll bet if you look it up, that song was sung on some TV shows, so they were familiar with that song. I just thought that was so touching. And I thought it was really cool, Chloe, because you're you're asking – Me, a stranger, right? We're talking to your granddad who's in spirit. And so we're giving you information to give to your grandmother from your grandfather. And then somebody that neither of us know is making a comment on my YouTube channel and sending us to this song. And then I listen to the song and I'm thinking, oh, for heaven's sakes. I mean, this is how perfect is this? And here you are calling back in. No coincidences in life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, right.
3: right. No, I love your show. Wonderful. Well, yeah, thanks for coming. Great. Tell everybody where you are. I'm in Helena, Montana. Okay. Got a question for me? Yeah. So I was actually calling because um, my husband and I have been trying to get pregnant for a while. I do have this little one, oh, but um, what we are-, are about to start. Oh. This is Lila. Hi, Lila. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we have recently in the last couple of months, we've done two IUI cycles that have failed. And I, so we're going to move on to IVF. Um, but I'm just calling to see if there's anything that I can do in the meantime to try to help, um, facilitate getting pregnant. I do have endometriosis. You've scanned me in the past and, um, I've done a lot like diet change and I take a lot of different supplements. But, yeah, we've. I mean, I think we've been trying now for almost two years. Okay. All right. How old is Princess Lila?
1: She's seven. Seven. Oh, my. <laughs> You're beautiful like your mama. Okay. All right. Let me get you on my radar. You have two baby spirits over your shoulder. Over your left shoulder, they look like little orbs. They're not twins. They are stacked out like planes coming into land with their landing lights on. And you can see them stacked out in the distance. So you have two baby spirits attached to your energy field. That happens sometimes many years before they incarnate. And and so they look like little little bubbles, you know, those little orbs that you'll see in a picture. Like a family picture or something. Okay. That's what they look like. So those babies are there. One's a boy, one's a girl. Boys in first. Just saying. And so let me go in and, and check. Look at her. Eyelid's yeah. laughing. She's like, I oh, want a brother. Yeah. Yeah. She's so cute. She'd rather have a sister, probably. Uh okay. no, brother. You want a brother? Okay. Yeah. He won't use your so let me go look at your girly parts, see what's going on with that. I'm in there. Okay. Laser in the endo out of the, the inside. You, get, you got endo outside of your uterus too. It, it's on your ovaries and stuff. Yeah. Right? That's what they're finding. Yeah. Yeah.
3: The last time, yeah, I had surgery like um, in June of 2022 and it, my uterus was fused to my bowel.
1: Yeah. Lovely. Oh, God bless you. Okay. So I'm removing scar tissue too. The endos has grown back, some of it. So I'm just, I love to laser stuff and healings because it makes me feel like Princess Leia with a lightsaber. <laughs> so I'm just in there blasting that endo and getting it from around your ovaries. So you got plenty of viable eggs. How young are you? 23. Oh, yeah. You got plenty of viable eggs. All right, they look like blonde caviar to me, Chloe, when they're in the in the ovaries. So you got plenty of eggs. All right, left side's getting ready to ovulate right now. So uh, will the IVF be successful? I get a yes. Yeah.
3: Do you get that I'll get pregnant naturally, or do you think I will need IVF?
1: I, when I ask, will IVF help, I get a yes. So whether that means okay. that from a mindset, you're kind of relaxing and thinking, okay. Yeah, it's very common that that women do IVF and then they stop and then they get pregnant on their own or or whatever. Uh, the, the two pieces of advice I have for you is get a hold of a book called The Better Baby Book by Dave Asprey and Lana okay. Asprey, MD, That is, she restored her fertility. And so pay attention to what she talks about in that. And then the other thing that's coming in for you, Chloe, is uh, be spontaneous and don't make your husband feel like a lab rat. Because women... Oftentimes, we'll say, okay, honey, we I'm ovulating. We got to go, you know, we got to go make a baby. We got to go right now. And the husbands aren't just like, oh, for heaven's sakes. Really? It's so much pressure on them. Yeah. So do your best to, you know, just have fun with it. Do that kind of stuff and avoid avoid feeling like you're in a lab and, you know, it's sterile and you got to do it at this time and you got to do it this way and you, you know, all that stuff that they have you doing testing your temperature and all that other jazz. So do your best to avoid you feeling like a lab rat and having your husband feel like a lab rat.
3: Yeah. I mean, that, that does resonate a lot because that's 100% what I've been doing for like the last 18 months. And I, I don't think about anything else. Yeah. So it's, it's, I, d- I was already planning on doing that, like, uh, this cycle, just not tracking and yeah. all of the stuff I've been doing. Well, yeah, because you get obsessed with it. And, and
1: it, yeah, you know, you're not alone in that. A lot of women do. And and so I always say, make sure that, that you don't treat your husband like a lab rat. And they know exactly what I'm talking yep. about because all of them are doing it. Okay. Well, let exactly. us know. Let us know. Okay. Okay. Thank you, calling. You bet. Yeah. Give your grandmother our love and
3: ask her about that Daisy a Day Dear song. I will for sure. I'll comment under the YouTube so you can see what That'd she says. That'd be good. I'd love that.
1: Thanks, Chloe. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Bye, Julie.
4: Hi, Karen. Hi, Julie. How are
7: you, my girl? I'm great i'm uh calling in from Chicago,
1: oh great! How are things up
7: there? Things are great, still a little bit uh chilly but um it's been it's been uh pretty good weather so far. <laughs> I was there
1: i think what f- oh yeah. not quite a month ago. And I was visiting my brother and sister-in-law and I said, yeah, I brought you some good weather from Sweet Home, Alabama. And they said, we appreciate that. So yeah, it was just gorgeous when I was up there. Just starting to get a few leaves turning colors, just right. absolutely, you know, the very beginning of that. So you probably have more of that now.
7: Yes. <clears throat> yeah, Terrific.
1: Well, you got a question for me?
7: Yes, I do. I have a question on behalf of my husband who um is very close to his aunt and he just got home and has been and I told him we'd love your show and listen to it regularly and um he has been really concerned about his aunt. She has endometrial cancer. She's 82 oh, years old. Lives in Bradenton, Florida. And was diagnosed April of 2021 and uh, received one treatment of chemo. and um, since that time she uh, has thrived yet on the flip side gone through what he believes is um, the first stages of dementia and what's concerning for him is he's in charge of all of her finances she's forgetting to pay bills she's doing all these other things so it's just such a like mystery I guess for all of us because she was this super bright person who you know had everything going and then from the time of her diagnosis we thought that would be it and she you know, we honored her decision not to do the chemo and she had the hysterectomy and it's been two years. She's still eating. She's functioning. She's fine. But now her mind's going. So it's gone from down below to her head and it's been over two years. So my question is, what phases of the transition do you believe she's in right now?
1: Okay, and she may not be in any of them, but but the thought that's coming into my head right off the top is that the the dementia stuff coming in and the memory issues are from the chemo.
7: Just one treatment, which is
1: not uncommon. Yeah, yeah, it stuffs poison. I mean, it's like,
7: oh they, wow, it's
1: it's I I know several people that have had either that experience themselves or their loved ones have. And that's what they do. That's just the standard of care is they're trying to poison the the cancer, but there's all these side effects to it as well. So let me get her on my radar. What's her first name, Karen? Her name is Janice and she's 82 years old. Okay. And she's in Bradenton. I know where that is in Florida. All right. So I'm going to hook into you in Chicago and then it's going to ricochet back To Florida. Okay, laser laser beam heading your way, girl. All right, got you. Coming back east, southeast, making a curve. All right, going in. Janice, I'm talking to Karen. What's your husband's name? First name? Jack. I'm talking to Jack's wife, Karen, and she wants me to scan you energetically. Is that okay? She's saying yes. She's not in any of the phases, she's not dying at the moment. She's she's not transitioning at all. Her spirit's very much in her body. So let's go up in her brain. Brain matter, Karen, you know, my analogies are hilarious at times, but that is honest to God how I see things in my mind's eye. And as I've mentioned before, spirit communicates in symbols and in phrases and words. So brain matter looks to me like thick cooked oatmeal. The kind you get at a breakfast buffet where it's been cooking all night and it's really thick. And scar tissue in the brain looks like chicken cartilage. the That white flexible stuff, chicken breast with the bone in. So imagine we're scooping out that scar tissue out of her brain. And when I see scar tissue in somebody's brain, Karen, it can occlude neural pathways, and that's what dementia looks like. That's what scar tissue from concussions and other illnesses and things like that. That's how it appears to me. So I scoop it out and it can occlude those neural pathways and cause memory problems and other mental issues. And by removing it, it leaves a divot. Imagine if you took a big spoonful of oatmeal, it's going to leave a divot in that thick oatmeal, right? Right. Stem cell energy is filling that divot, light amber colored gel, sparkles, because it's woo-woo, got to have sparkles. And it has a watery consistency to it. So it reminds me of Dippity Doo hair gel back in the 60s and 70s. You're too young to remember that. But when I was a kid, that's what it reminds me of. So that's filling those divots. And then there's a vortex spinning above each area where it's been filled do you know if she's on a statin
7: no she's not good she's not on any medication nothing good good
1: that's great okay so where all those vortices are spinning over those stem cell energy where they were filled those divots were filled where we removed the scar tissue that's generating new brain matter and then once it's done, then all those neural pathways are going to light up. And so I'm watching that in my mind's eye and I'm talking to you and I'm getting divine downloads into my head. So good thing we're girls because we can multitask. It's one of our superpowers as women. You know I'm right. Yeah. So, all right. All those neural pathways lit up. Karen, they look like laser beams in a museum as part of the security system that crisscrossed the room guarding the paintings and artifacts and statuary. And so those are all lit up now. Have you ever seen a movie where some thief is trying to steal a jewel or a painting or something and they have to step over the laser beams and under, crawl under the laser beams to keep yeah. getting getting caught? <laughs> That's what this reminds me of. Is that's what the neural pathways in the brain look like? Hers are all lit up, so she may uh, she may surprise you all with that. Yeah, she's not dying. She's
7: doing okay. Yeah. Oh, that is really good news. I mean, because she was she refused. They said she was stage three, maybe four, and it was really bad. And then she had one treatment. She said, "I'm done." whatever happens happens and then she sleeps a lot and he's really concerned about that because she's constantly sleeping but other than that I mean she hasn't lost that much weight which is pretty common when you you know go if you're if you have cancer and they say it's you know very aggressive you don't have an appetite and it seems that since she stopped the chemo that one treatment she's fine
1: yeah well and the chemo's prophylactic too you know the endometrial cancer they removed it and yeah she had some metastases it sounds like if she was in phase th- in stage 3 but, but the body has a tremendous capacity to heal and so does she still have cancer? I get yes, but I don't get that it's, you know, it's not causing. Don't
7: go me. to a doctor. Well, so we don't know. That's why. I'm yeah, crying.
1: but that's okay. You know, look at how, how well it served her. She just wants to be happy, healthy, dead. That's kind of my motto, too. <laughs> yeah. But She's you, just, had, just doing life. Do you guys have, are you, are you her main relatives and her main,
7: my husband is, and that's why I see the stress on him. I see he's been down there every three months. It and her meant she's mentally declined. Yeah. Yet physically they'll go she'll he'll take her to a restaurant and even though she's not making a lot of sense half the time, um, her diet's her you know, appetite's fine. So it was sort of like a flip from the cancer now to this dementia. Mm-hmm.
1: Have, and what I'm getting... But she won't go to
7: a doctor, so we don't even know if it's dementia. Well, what I'm... I'm just saying dementia. What I'm
1: getting is, and you guys, I'm sure, have some kind of plans in place to, if she can't live by herself, either bring her to Chicago or whatever, it's going to yes. need be... Uh, that's what I'm getting is just be sure that you have a plan in place that you can execute if need be. And it's already, everything's all lined up. So I hope that helps.
7: And his mother, thank you. His mother is um, a few years older and she's just withered down to nothing and is very dependent on her sister, his aunt. And uh, so it's, that's another concern for him, so it's been tough It's a
1: lot on your plate and his plate that's what i'm that's what I'm getting you know have the have the plans in place, and if you need to execute quickly, those are are ready to go so I hope that helps sounds good <laughs> yeah, that thank okay, you so much you bet That's a good news. Thanks for calling in. All right, everybody. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Come join us in Atlanta. Come meet me in Atlanta. And uh, sending you lots of love from Sweet Home, Alabama. Mwah. Remember, Amber's on next week, so call in with your weight issue questions. Take care, everybody. See
0: you soon. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow Julie on Instagram and YouTube at Ask Julie Ryan and like her on Facebook at Ask Julie Ryan.